dealing with Dr. Daniels. It is Sunday, July 28th, 2019. Oh my gosh, how time flies. Today's topic is a doozy. This is one we've touched on before, but uh, the medical industrial complex has taken a very firm position on this. So I think we should uh, take a second look at this. The topic today is the antibiotic, the antibiotic you should almost always avoid. So, uh, this is very, very interesting. And what makes it so interesting is that uh, there's a lot of assumptions rolled into this uh, little statement here. And as always, I'm all about simplifying stuff, making it easy to understand. And uh, but first, let's go check out Facebook. Let's see if we can't say hello to the Facebook crowd. And looks like that's not going to happen today, at least not the way we thought it was going to happen. So we're going to do a video live here. Those of you on Facebook who are also listening on the show, we are again on Jennifer Daniels' Facebook page, not Healing with Dr. Daniels' Facebook page. All righty. Let's see. Ah, okay. We're here. All right. Good enough. All right. So, the antibiotic you should almost always avoid. The antibiotic suggests there's only one antibiotic to avoid and all the rest are okay. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so we figured that much out. Uh, so the lie is so subtle, most people just absolutely miss it. It goes right by them. So the antibiotic you should almost always avoid suggests that there's one antibiotic to avoid and all the other ones are safe. <laughs> and actually, nothing could be further from the truth. Okay, so we have one antibiotic, it's a bad actor. Now, the other lie here is that you should almost always avoid it. Well, what's almost always? Is that like, uh, if you're a doctor, you should prescribe it once in a lifetime, uh, once a year? Uh, so what's almost always? And how about avoid? What do you mean avoid? <laughs> I mean, let's be precise. This is science, right? So we're, look, we're talking about should, not must. We're talking about almost, not for sure. So we have so many uh, nebulous um, should, maybe, da-da-da-da-da, hardly scientific. But let's see if we can't just get some basic meaning out of this title. <clears throat> so the antibiotic you should almost, almost always avoid. So an antibiotic is a drug. Why should you avoid a drug? There's only two reasons to avoid a drug. One, it's not safe. And two, it's not effective. That's it. No other reason to avoid a drug. Uh, so let's take a look at the whole antibiotic uh, situation. Now, a lot of people talk about the argument between, uh, you know, Bashamp and Pasteur and whatever. But we're not going to get into all that level of discussion. Uh, in other words, is it the microbe? Or is it the immune system? I'm going to kind of touch on that. But more uh, precisely is, what is the evidence that antibiotics work at all? And 
one shocking thing about this particular antibiotic is it's been on the market for over 30 years. And they're just now deciding that you shouldn't use it. So that suggests a few other things, like what other drugs have been around for who knows how long and are actually not safe or effective? That raises another question. How is this drug even being prescribed? Answer, it was approved by the FDA. You mean the FDA is approving drugs that are neither safe nor effective? Well, then wait a minute. Again, this raises another question. Of what value is FDA approval to the patient? Answer, none. Of what value is it to someone trying to sell an antibiotic? Huh, great value. So all FDA approval is then is a license to earn money, print money, whatever. It is not assurance that a drug is either safe or effective. So this whole uh, article by you know, published by the Medical Industrial Complex, I, <laughs> I don't make accusations here, just take confessions, um, raises a lot of questions and exposes a tremendous amount of uh, insight into what's going on in the medical industrial complex and with your drugs, plural. This is not a situation about one antibiotic. <laughs> uh, so it's about drugs in general and antibiotics in particular. And I remember going through medical school and seeing, you know, eyes on, seeing that nothing that we doctors were actually doing was effective and beneficial to patients. I mean, nothing. All those of you who are out there, you can quibble about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was stunning and startling. Um, but when I graduated from medical school, we had the one conviction, the one conviction, at least antibiotics worked. At least antibiotics worked. You can always prescribe an antibiotic, and it's going to help a person. Why? It's just kind of a moral thing, you know? So there's this deep belief that every other drug, and even our instructors conceded, Oh, yeah, yeah. These other drugs, the arthritis drugs don't work. The blood pressure drugs don't work. Uh, the pain pills don't work. But antibiotics, they work. We have scientific evidence they work. And so we kind of held on to this one little bit of good that we knew we as doctors were doing is when you prescribe an antibiotic, you were doing a good, helpful, correct thing for your patient. So that is uh, 1983 as we graduated from medical school, there's this kind of this, this uniform understanding, kind of mind think, where antibiotics were the one thing we could hold on to, the one thing we knew we were doing good. Everything else, yeah, right, okay, fine. We'll concede all the other stuff with a bunch of well. But antibiotics, hey, penicillin saved the world. It was a penicillin revolution. All these uh, conditions became curable and saved lives, millions of lives. <laughs> mm, that's what we were told. So let's take a look at this particular uh, piece of information put out by the medical industrial complex themselves. And this is, uh, you know, this is their opinion, their words, not mine. I go through great lengths to try and get these little links in order before the show. Ah, here it is. 
All right. So this, as always, is put out by, uh, you know, we stick to authority stuff, you know, authority stuff. Like the uh, medical industrial complex, in this case, Medscape Family Medicine. And so you're talking to family doctors, which is a group of doctors that prescribe, for the most part, quite a few uh, antibiotics. Okay. And so the headline is, the antibiotic you should, parenthesis, almost, and parenthesis, always avoid. So we can just really cross out the word almost. Right. And just say the antibiotic you should always avoid. And again, the antibiotic suggests that all the other antibiotics are, well, okay. So they start off by giving you a case study. A 75-year-old man develops fever chills and a cough. And actually, if you read all the details of his medical case, you get confused and, you know, just turned around. The key point here is it's actually his medical condition is irrelevant. The antibiotic should not be prescribed anyway just because it's so dangerous. But I'm going to read you the medical condition, the hypothetical case that they give you. 75-year-old person, man, develops fever, chills, and a cough. His history is important for heart disease, hypertension, and an aortic aneurysm. He has been successfully treated for prostate and colon cancer. He reports that he is allergic to amoxicillin, noting that he developed a rash when taking the drug 20 years ago. Right now, he's taking uh, a cholesterol medicine, a beta blocker, an ACE inhibitor for his blood pressure, and aspirin. Now, the test x-ray shows a right middle lobe infiltrate. All you need to know is that means uh, most doctors would interpret that to mean pneumonia. Which of these antibiotic regimens should not be used? And the answer, of course, is levofloxacin. And... uh, They give you all kinds of choices. You can give them amoxicillin, clavulanin, plus azithromycin, ceftriaxone, cefpodexime, plus doxycycline. But the key, the, the correct answer here is levofloxacin. But let's see what they say. <laughs> uh, so levofloxacin, just by the way, is a quinolone. A quinolone is um, basically a type of antibiotic with certain chemical structures. Those are all quinolones. And they then go on to say the many perils of quinolones. Now, I've got to tell you that when I was in medical practice from 1990 to 2000, these antibiotics, the quinolones, levofloxacin um, and all of its relatives were considered, and Cipro, for example, were considered to be, I mean, the best. They were expensive, they were new, and they were the antibiotic that just solved every problem and you're supposed to throw this antibiotic at everything. Now, here's the deal. The many perils, that means dangers, of quinolones, that means uh, levofloxacin and um, and all of its relatives. So the Food and Drug Administration has issued a raft, that means a lot, of warnings about this drug class over the past decade, that's 10 years making levofloxacin my choice for the drug to not use in this case. Now, what's the FDA doing just issuing a bunch of warnings? Like, uh, excuse me, of raise our hand, like a recall? <laughs> you know what I mean? So tendinopathy, that means a disease of tendons. So the first of these warnings issued in July 2008. Now, get this, we're, we're 18 years into this, right? So 18 years after the drug is put on the market, they're going to issue this warning. 
They warned about the risk for tendonitis and tendon rupture. That means there's a big tendon that holds your foot onto your lower leg called the Achilles tendon. But that tendon in many people is actually rupturing. Taking people like this 75-year-old guy, example, who are functional and could walk, turning them into cripples who could not walk and literally could not use their feet and legs. Can you imagine if your foot was not reasonably attached to your lower leg and you could not lift your foot up and down? Yes. Devastating. The highest risk is found in patients taking steroids along with fluoroquinolones as well as in older adults. So in either you're old, like this guy, 75, or you're taking a steroid right along and they just add this antibiotic to it. By the way, steroids plus antibiotics is an especially harmful combination. It's not a quinolone thing. It's a, any antibiotic thing. So I've seen cases where people uh, are given steroids and antibiotics, and two months later, boom, they're diagnosed as having cancer. So it's the steroids plus antibiotics is a devastating combination, just by the way. Okay. While this adverse event has been documented in a number of studies, the research showing this is true, there continue to be lawsuits alleging that affected patients were not informed of this risk. Well, these are not contradictions. So even though there's lots of studies showing this damage, that doesn't mean the doctor should or should not have uh, informed the patient of this risk. In other words, doctors don't tell patients all the research studies. The doctors can just, as they're suggesting, not prescribe the drug. So tendinopathy, ruptured tendons, total crippling debilitation. I mean, this is terrible. But it doesn't stop there. Peripheral neuropathy. I can't tell you that people say, Dr. Daniels, I have peripher- peripheral neuropathy. Ha, ha, ha. Here is an antibiotic source for your peripheral neuropathy. So in August 2013, a second warning, this time about the risk for peripheral neuropathy was issued. The serious adverse effect can be permanent, even in patients taking a fluoroquinolone for as few as four to five days. Stop right there. This is, this is devastating. And so you have to ask yourself, how, well, first of all, why are so many people having peripheral neuropathy? Did you know that chickens are given special feed to get them to lay eggs? And this feed contains fluoroquinolone antibiotics. How cool is that? No wonder everyone's got peripheral neuropathy. It's like an epidemic. And I remember when I was in medical school, that was uh, 1979 to 83, peripheral neuropathy was very rare. Very few people had it. I mean, it was a, a, that was a tertiary care uh, medical center, Ivy League, where we saw, I mean, the rare of the rare. And even then, you might see a peripheral neuropathy case maybe once a year in the whole hospital. And even then, every medical student was told to come take a look because you're not going to see this. It's so rare. But now, uh, 2019, it's very common. So peripheral neuropathy, you can permanently lose the sensation in your fingers and toes and feet or even worse, get a disconstant burning there. And there's your peripheral neuropathy. Very bad. And that doesn't stop there. <laughs> so in 2016, the FDA issued a more comprehensive alert warning that fluoroquinolone should not be prescribed if other alternatives are available for patients with sinus problems, 
cystitis, that would be urinary tract infection, or lung infection. This is, uh, this, this is shocking. So this is pretty broad. Now these are also, these are reasons that way back when, this is, you know, in the 1990s, when this drug was first released, it was like, man, this is your go-to drug for sinuses. Oh, man, this is your go-to drug for urinary problems. Oh, man, this is your go-to drug for respiratory infections. And so these were actually reasons your doctor was trained to use these drugs. And now here we are, 2019, again, about 20 years, yeah, 20, 30 years forward, this drug is absolutely not to be used in any of these cases if other alternatives are available. And why wouldn't they be? There's tons of antibiotics out there. Of course, there's other alternatives available. Why would it not be available? Well, maybe because your insurance company doesn't cover it. But as a practical matter, doctor's got a piece of paper and a pen he can write for a different drug or a different antibiotic. Again, if an antibiotic at all should be even used. So the risk with use of this class of medicines outweighs the benefits in patients with these common, relatively mild infections. So, of course, that begs the question, should any antibiotics be used for these mild infections? I mean, they use the word themselves, mild, mild infections. So the situation here, then, where the very reason this drug was supposed to be used when it was first released, the very reasons for which the FDA approved it, they're now saying, nah, don't use it if there's anything else available. What do you mean if there's anything else available? There's always something else available. So the real uh, direction here is to just not use it at all. And um, certainly way back when, in the 1990s, I definitely used a quinolone uh, early on in my career for sinus problems, for well, cystitis uh, I wasn't too keen on uh, urinary tract infections. I didn't really believe all that stuff they were telling us about bladder infections. And acute bacterial worsening for chronic bronchitis. I never used an antibiotic for that because I just didn't see that it worked. Um, but I quickly stopped using any and all antibiotics for these situations. We'll cover that in a minute. Actually, a while hypoglycemia. Another alert was issued in July 2018. That's a year ago. This time regarding the risk for very low blood sugar associated with fluoroquinolones. This is especially a concern when this antibiotic is prescribed for patients on multiple diabetic medications. Why would the fluoroquinolone cause severe low blood sugar? And the answer, of course, is its negative effect on the liver, and so then these diabetes drugs are circulating for a much longer period of time, and they continue to lower, lower. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. 
The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge. And knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Republic Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting Facebook.com slash Republic Broadcasting and liking our page and share it with your friends and family. Because you can handle the truth. Give such delight. We all live before morning light. Please don't go. No, please don't go. Hi, Scott Daniel, and welcome back. Welcome, Dr. Daniel. And we are talking about antibiotics, one particular one, that you should almost always avoid. Now, remember, this is written to doctors. The doctor should almost always avoid prescribing this antibiotic. So no one's issued any kind of statement to patients about taking the antibiotic. Of course, the doctor says take it, you should take it. So they're telling a doctor you should almost always avoid this antibiotic. Now, this antibiotic, this class of antibiotics, mysteriously, it's gone generic, which means the profit in this antibiotic is pretty much gone over. So that's another thing. They start warning you about things when 
they've gone generic, when the company manufacturing it has another profitable product that they've introduced. So you never get a warning about a product when it's that company's only or main profit center. Just saying. So let's see what else they have to tell us about this antibiotic. It's, it's quite something. Now, this is, I'm not reading from the physician's desk reference a list of anything and everything that could possibly happen. Oh, no, no, no. This is just a list of things that are so severe and have happened so often that the FDA has decided it needs to send your doctor a special notice. A lot of times a black box warning. Mm, yep. So let's see what else. It gets better. <laughs> So your blood sugar can go too low. Now, they say uh, hypoglycemia, but wait, let's let's understand this. Hypoglycemia means the blood sugar goes so low that you friggin' pass out and could die. And maybe some people have died. And so this is really a sanitized alert about this hypoglycemia. Then um, aortic aneurysm. So the aortic aneurysm alert is the most recently released one in 2018 of a rare but potentially fatal, could be deadly, aortic aneurysm rupture. <laughs> this warning followed a number of studies that documented increased risk of collagen-associated effects. So, in other words, this again, this reveals another piece of information that people are not being told. When you have an aneurysm, whether it's in your aorta, which is your main blood vessel, whether it's in your brain, these aneurysms are all caused by collagen deficiency and lack of collagen or damage to collagen. So the real treatment for an aortic aneurysm or aneurysm anywhere would be to increase the collagen in your diet and examine what you're doing to decrease your damage to existing collagen. Just say it. Okay. But I digress. The point is this particular class of drug destroys collagen and causes aortic aneurysms, which is a huge issue. Um, so this warning followed a number of studies that documented increased risk for collagen-associated effects. A 2015 population-based longitudinal cohort study involving 1.7 million adults. There's a lot of big words. So what they're saying is they looked at 1.7 million adults who are 65 years old and older, and they looked at them longitudinal means they started space and time and then started measuring going forward uh, for years. And they compared... Um, those who received a quinolone prescription with those who got amoxicillin. And current use of a fluoroquinolone caused tendon ruptures three times as frequently and caused an aortic aneurysm 2.7 times more frequently than if a person was not using a fluoroquinolone. That's, That's pretty impressive. So two studies after that confirmed this higher risk. They did another cohort study in Sweden, and they this time 400,000 treatment episodes with fluoroquinolones and an equal number with amoxicillin. Well, quinolone use was associated with a risk ratio of 1.6 times of, uh, for aneur- aortic aneurysm or dissection. Now, the problem here was they compared quinolone use with amoxicillin use, not with nothing at all. So a lot of infections that are treated with amoxicillin or fluoroquinolone, if you just ignore them, they'll do just fine. And they're certainly not going to do any worse. And so the control group here, that is questionable. So what they have not compared, which is what 
any individual really want to know, is what are my risks if I take a fluoroquinolone or if I don't take anything at all? And this is the uh, another lie. When they do these trials, they use as placebo another antibiotic or another drug instead of using nothing at all. So this gives an unrealistically positive view of what's really going on and minimizes the actual side effects because all the drugs have side effects. And so even in Taiwan, they did a, a case crossover study of 1,200 patients hospitalized for aortic aneurysm and dissection compared risk during the period in which the patient was exposed to this antibiotic versus without the exposure. And so after adjusting the data for multiple confounding factors like duration of time exposed, the investigators found the use of fluoroquinolone within 60 days was associated with the highest risk for aneurysm. And patients taking a fluoroquinolone for more than 14 days experienced a 2.8-fold increase in risk. We are off to commercial and we'll be back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. It's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We here at RBN are working with Front Sight Firearms Training Institute to bring our audience the best in combat, tactical, and defensive firearms training. Whether you're a private citizen who is new to firearms or you have a concealed weapon permit and want a level of training that surpasses what you've received from your local gun range, Front Sight provides priceless education and skills taught by seasoned law enforcement, military, and private citizen instructors to levels that far exceed law enforcement and military standard. With nearly a million responsible citizens trained from every town, city, and state from across the United States, Front Sight has bolstered the Patriot movement to a whole new level. Contact Dan Sutterfield by phone at 573-762-2356 or 573-465-2356 or shoot him an email at domedan, D-O-M-E-D-A-N at hotmail.com. This is a limited time opportunity. Don't miss it. How healthy are your arteries? Deteriorating circulation has a number of early warning signs. High cholesterol, high blood pressure, fingers and or toes often go cold, arms and or legs often go to sleep, sharp diagonal crease in the earlobe, short walks cause cramping or pains in legs, memory is not as good as it used to be, ankles swell late in the day, chest pain after physical exercise or emotional stress. If you experience even one of these symptoms, your circulatory system is crying out for attention. Extendivite is a natural solution to help improve your overall health. Extendivite is not your average heart tonic. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extendivite. So, have you heard of heavy metals? I'm not talking about the heavy metals in the junkyard. 
I'm talking about the heavy metals that build up in your body. Heavy metals in your body can make you feel sluggish, fatigued, and just plain off. Why not try Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com? Cleansing your body and making you feel great. No, not cleansing the outside of your body, but cleansing the inside of your body of intruders that sneak their way into you and set up an intruder camp. Life Change Tea helps remove unwanted intruder camps. Brew it, steep it, and drink in the results. Tastes great so you can create a new health habit. Our tea loves to help people. It just needs the chance. So order yours today by logging on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Our life change super strength tea is waiting. This could be a beautiful relationship. Take charge of your health. Order at getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. to Healing with Dr. Daniels. So let me just check my sound. Okay. So, okay, thank you. All right, so we are looking at these quinolones, and uh, the list does not stop here. So we're, we're, we're still moving on down our list. So the aortic aneurysm, this is a shocker. And they have instituted studies to screen for abdominal aortic aneurysms and give people surgeries for it, when the real cure, of course, is stop your antibiotics and eat some collagen, and you're pretty much good to go. But these quinolones were recommended, six weeks of quinolones, Cipro, for prostatitis. Oh, my God, you can imagine so you take this guy with a prostate condition, give him six weeks of, of this drug, which should almost never be used, and you give him what? An aortic aneurysm, low blood sugar, peripheral neuropathy, uh, neurological problems, broken tendons. Really? Are you helping this guy? I don't think so. Now, you would think that that would be enough. 
But now they say there are more fluoroquinolone safety alerts. So they even get you by giving it a name that you can barely pronounce, fluoroquinolone. So they update the labeling. I love it. Hypoglycemic coma. Again, I was telling you, hypoglycemia is not a trivial thing. People are literally lapsing into coma. Between October 87 and April 2017, 65, I'm sorry, 56 reports of hypoglycemic coma following fluoroquinolone use. So when they say hypoglycemia, they don't mean just a little dip in the blood sugar. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that does not rise to the level of even a side effect. Um, literally 56 people lapsing into a coma. I mean, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that one, no. How many people ever woke up? So of these 56, nine experienced permanent disability and 13 died. All right. So hypoglycemia, this is not some trivial thing. We have blood sugar dips below normal for two minutes and comes back up. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. When they say hypoglycemia, they mean a coma. They mean permanent damage. They mean death. So on the basis of the FDA's review, manufacturer labeling of the quinolones will now include strengthened warnings in the warnings and precautions section to explicitly describe the risk for coma due to hypoglycemia and adverse psychiatric effects. Oh, this is another one. So people with fluoroquinolone use were killing themselves, literally. People who had no depression, all of a sudden, take a fluoroquinolone, like, hmm, hmm, I think I should kill myself. That's a good idea. And they actually go and do it. You can imagine this is devastating, especially for family members. And you've got someone who is, you know, an active, functional individual, participating in family life, and all of a sudden, boom, they're dead. This is the problem. So post-marketing analysis, that means after FDA approved it, using reported reported, uh, side effect database and published medical literature, and published medical literature related to adverse, that means bad, psychiatric effects also warranted updating of the labeling. According to the FDA, (laughs) warning labels for central nervous system effects differed across class Many already include warnings for anxiety, confusion, depression, hallucination, and psychosis. If you take this antibiotic. And the antibiotic is so friggin' ineffective that for prostatitis you have to take it for six weeks. Really? Six weeks? Come on. I mean, that's just proof positive it doesn't work. The following six adverse effects will, will now be included in the warnings and precautions section. Agitation, delirium, disorientation, disturbance in attention, memory impairment, and nervousness. FDA does not provide qualitative evidence from their analysis, but states that these effects have been observed after as little as one fluoroquinolone dose. Take one pill, and it will rock your world, change your life. This is serious. And really, what infection could possibly be serious enough to warrant taking on this level of risk. None. None. And so they even had, um, they even have a fluoroquinolone suicide support group online. 
it, it's you know what I mean that, that that so many people have died killing themselves while on fluoroquinolones that there's actually enough of their relatives to have a support group online. That's that's terrible. So again, um, they compared a combined group of studies that evaluated macrolides, uh, it's a form of erythromycin, trimethoprim sulfa, cefuroxime, amoxicillin, clavulanic acid, or placebo as comparators. Oral, oral fluoroquinolones were associated with 40% greater odds of adverse central nervous system effects, like tremor, dizziness, insomnia, numbness, than those being added to the drug labels, but provide supporting evidence for an association between fluoroquinolones and CNS outcomes nonetheless. However, you should just know, uh, as a doctor who's ashamed to admit it, uh, I prescribed a lot of antibiotics when I first started in medical practice, and they very much do have psychiatric effects. Another reason I stopped prescribing them, because I just didn't like making my patients crazy. I was like, you know what? Forget this. So the FDA encourages healthcare professionals and patients to report any adverse effects to MedWatch. What? Why is the FDA encouraging healthcare professionals and patients to stop using these drugs? I'm like, oh, keep, keep taking these drugs, but just report uh, any adverse effects to MedWatch. <laughs> Oh my God! The bottom line. We got a bottom line here. It's always nice to have a bottom line. Rare but serious disturbances in blood glucose and central nervous system effects are the latest additions to developing fluoroquinolone safety profile. Following warnings for potentially permanent disabling tendon, muscle, joint, and nerve damage. Rare but serious peripheral neuropathy. Again, maybe not so rare because so many people are having peripheral neuropathy. And these quinolones are, are added to our food supply. And QT interval prolongation, that's an abnormal EKG. Yeah. Also available evidence of severe adverse effects continues to develop. Healthcare providers should use this information to inform safe fluoroquinolone prescribing. Uh, excuse me? That's an oxymoron. How can you safely prescribe a drug that has all these effects? And these effects are random. Like you don't know if the person you're handing this drug to is going to be the unlucky person to get these effects. So there is no such thing as safely prescribing a fluoroquinolone. Just not possible. But they're telling your doctor that he can safely prescribe a fluoroquinolone. Unfortunate. Totally, totally unfortunate. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, what, what if you need an antibiotic? Well, there's a question. There's an assumption to take a look at. What are antibiotics? Well, they're medicines that, that help stop infections. Did you hear that? Help stop infections. And this is something WebMD says. It don't stop infections. Uh-uh. They help stop infections caused by bacteria. So if the infection is not caused by a bacteria, and if you have a poor immune system that can't help the antibiotics help, the antibiotics are no use. So in other words, in most cases where antibiotics are, are prescribed, they're not useful. Okay. They do this by keeping the bacteria from copying themselves or reproducing. That's it. That's all they do. They stop the, the, the bacteria from reproducing. I want to re re just 
refresh your memory. We're talking about prions the prior week, last week. Prions cannot reproduce, yet they supposedly are being blamed for all kind of devastating illness. The premise, the scientific premise for infections is if the organism cannot reproduce, it cannot be responsible for an infection, and it cannot be contagious. Yet, prions are being uh, touted as being both, as being infectious and dangerous. Just a word. Okay. So word antibiotics means against life. This is good. This is, this is good to understand. So it means against life. And what we're finding with this quinolone is that the life that the antibiotic is against is your life. <laughs> yeah, you, you. Not the bacteria, you. So these are actually against life. So before scientists first discovered antibiotics in the 20s, many people died from minor bacterial infections like strep throat. Surgery was riskier too, but after antibiotics became available in the 40s, life expectancy increased, surgeries got safer, and people could survive what used to be deadly infections. Okay, so all of this, to my observation, is patently false. So let's say after antibiotics, post-antibiotics, They've now done, they've done research and shown that penicillin slash antibiotics do not reduce the severity of strep throat and do not reduce the length of symptoms. So the whole strep throat outcome was not influenced by antibiotics. It was influenced by something else. I raise my hand. I vote for indoor toilets. That's my vote. Now, a lot of other things happened as well in that phase, which was... Uh, Refrigeration became more widespread. So a lot of other things happened. And so the type of strep infections that, that we saw in the 20s, we just don't see anymore. Because instead of uh, a block of ice that's dissolving, you now have an electric refrigerator with temperature control. And so because of this, people are not eating as much infected food. So these deaths from minor bacterial infections, like strep throat, cannot be attributed to antibiotics that cannot be attributed to antibiotics because the scientific, the more recent scientific research is showing that antibiotics do not improve outcomes for strep throat at all. Okay, so we can scratch the strep throat claim. Surgery was riskier, yes, for many reasons. The anesthesia was poor. Uh, again, sanitation was poor as well. But after antibiotics. <laughs> now, also surgical technique. Um, so nowadays, you'll notice when you, before you have surgery, the doctor will actually have you clean all the waste out of your colon with an enema or whatever he gives you. And that's so that any infection in your body goes to the colon, not to the surgical wound that he's creating. And again, so what they're saying here is we have what we call conflation. That means mixing and scrambling of cause and effect. And so the improvement in surgeries cannot be attributed to antibiotics. But after antibiotics became available in the 40s, life expectancy increased. Again, the increase in life expectancy cannot be attributed to antibiotics. We are now in the United States experiencing a decline in life expectancy. Is that because people are not using antibiotics? No. It's because the increased life expectancy and even now the decreased life expectancy have nothing to do with antibiotics. Surgeries got safer. Again, um, as a person who went to medical school and spent time in operating rooms, assisting at surgeries, doing surgeries, 
is a lot of reasons for surgery getting safer. Namely, number one, the improvement in anesthesia. And people could survive what used to be deadly infections. Again, what we're now finding is antibiotics are killing people with antibiotic-resistant infections. So we have a whole paragraph full of basically false claims. Now, what I found in my own medical practice is the antibiotic revolution was a total hoax. So I would have cases where penicillin failed and garlic worked. Every single case where penicillin failed, garlic was effective. What does that mean? It tells me that certainly penicillin was a hoax. Could have just stuck with garlic. So what antibiotics can and cannot do? These types of infections that can be, can be treated with antibiotics, some ear and sinus infections, some, that means less than half. So most ear and sinus infections just don't respond to antibiotics. They don't, they don't work. They just don't work. And again, some is what? About 30%. What's 30%? Placebo. Dental infections, skin infections, meningitis. These are all infections that I've successfully treated without antibiotics, or worse, when antibiotics fail. And again, a lot of meningitis, it's viral. So the antibiotic premise, where the antibiotic prevents bacteria from reproducing, is not going to help a meningitis caused by viruses. However, whether it's caused by a virus or a fungus or a bacteria, the practice of emptying the colon, cleaning the blood so the infection can leave the brain and go into the blood and into the toilet always works. So in other words, you don't need to know what the infection is. You just need to know that you've got to dump it in the toilet. So bladder and kidney infections, again, uh, same thing. The effectiveness of antibiotics, my observation, has been extremely disappointing. Bacterial pneumonias, same thing. And whooping cough is basically, you know, give the person a glass of water. It's dehydration. So only bacterial infections can be killed with antibiotics. That's true. However, is killing the infection going to solve the person's symptoms and improve their health? Probably not. Unfortunately, probably not. So the common cold, flu, and most coughs, some bronchitis infections, most sore throats, and a stomach flu are all caused by viruses. Antibiotics will not work to treat them. They don't tell you. We'll tell you when we get back from commercial. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. 
Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to AROutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. AROutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AROutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to AROutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at AROutfitting.com. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Hi, it's Dr. Daniels, and welcome back to Healing with Dr. Daniels. And we are talking about quinolones, fluoroquinolones, and um, the antibiotics that should almost always never be uh, used by the doctor. Uh, they didn't say anything about whether or not the patient should take it, but the doctor should almost always never prescribe it. Almost always. I mean, sometimes you can, yeah. And so we're talking really about the whole antibiotic thing in terms of, you know, antibiotics uh, saving lives and what's really going on. And so all of these infections we mentioned for which they say antibiotics are effective, they just don't work. And um, then they go on to say some antibiotics may work on many different kinds of bacteria, they're called broad spectrum. Others target specific bacteria only. They're known as narrow spectrum. And so now they're giving you kind of a wiggle room of why the antibiotic you're taking isn't working. Well, maybe it isn't working because it's not effective against the particular bacteria that you have. And so this basically allows the antibiotic industry, the antibiotic system of belief to exist, even though it's clear the antibiotics are not working. And so side effects, of course, vomiting, nausea, diarrhea, bloating, indigestion, abdominal pain, loss of appetite. Notice this is more serious effects we discussed today. Neurological da- damage, aortic aneurysm, uh, severe depression, tendon rupture. Not, not on this list. <laughs> Occasionally you might get some hives or coughing or wheezing or a tight throat or uh, trouble breathing, but you'll still breathe. So 
this uh, WebMD's, you know, major sanitized version of what's going on, and incredible misinformation. Um, as a doctor, even just going through medical school, just getting through those four years, you see so much antibiotic failure. I mean, you got to scratch your head. Is it a revolution? Really? Where is it? And, of course, it's uh, a propaganda or marketing public relations uh, thing. Not at all real in terms of people um, actually getting benefit from these antibiotics. And now we have this website. It's called Good Prescription, Good Rx. Again, another oxymoron, as if there is a good prescription. I mean, really? And the person says, when do you really need antibiotics? They tell you how antibiotics work, which we've been through that. How can I tell if I need antibiotics? Pain, inflammations. And again, someone hits you in the head with a baseball bat, you got pain, but you don't need an antibiotic. Inflammation. Again, you can be constipated, constipated, back up all that crap in your body. That doesn't mean you need an antibiotic. You just need to poop. Swollen lymph nodes, drainage, fever, nausea, vomiting, muscle aches. So these symptoms are not necessarily signs of an antibiotic. And so basically when they tell you things to bring up at your doctor's visit, and these are all questions that um, are basically compliance questions. It's like, Doc, I'm going to take the antibiotic. What do I do? All right, we're going to commercial. I saw you there Just standing there And I thought I was only dreaming, yeah You said you would come and dance with me Dance with me Across the sea We can feel Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Republic Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting Facebook.com slash Republic Broadcasting and liking our page at